Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Hello and welcome to the 27th episode of the Traveling Image Makers podcast. Many people dream of quitting their day job and starting a life of traveling full-time, but only few people actually do. My guest for this episode of the podcast, Fleming Bo Jensen, did just that. He quit a well-paying job in IT and started traveling full-time, while still uh, pursuing a career as a concert photographer. I've interviewed Fleming to ask him what motivated him to leave everything behind and start traveling and live a nomadic life, and he was very kind and generous to share with us his insights, uh, his tips for would-be travelers. So I invite you to listen to my interview with Fleming Bo Jensen, and you can find all the links for this episode at ttim.photo/27, where you will also be able to find a link to subscribe on iTunes where I would appreciate if you could leave us an honest review. So, thanks for listening, and until next time, all the best. So, my guest today is uh, Fleming Bo Jensen, originally from Denmark. And uh, right now, I think you are in Germany. Uh, is that right, Fleming? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, so you are a bit of a traveler. You've been uh, traveling around the world for six years. I was reading your uh, your blog and your recent interview with the Fujifilm X magazine, you were telling a bit about your your story. But I don't want to uh, to steal it from you. I would like you to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your your story as a as a photographer, as a traveler. What's your the story of your life, basically? <laughs> I'll try. Thank you so much, and thank you first and foremost for having me. And uh, yeah, my name is Fleming, and I am a uh, photographer from Denmark. I primarily photograph music, electronic music events is my big love. But the other huge part of my life is that for six and a half years now, I have lived as a uh, nomad, I guess you can call it. I uh, sort of continually travel, and um, I changed my life uh, 100%. About six and a half years ago, I swapped my uh, career in IT and living in Copenhagen with a uh, life on the road, quit my job and sold everything I had to uh, take off and basically see and document the world. And uh, uh, along the way, I was fortunate enough to also become a uh, official Fujifilm ambassador called ex-photographer. And that's also made a huge change in my life. So... Somehow, here I am, six and a half years later, um, in Germany at the moment, and still going. What were the reasons that made you, you. decide to pick up such a lifestyle? Yes, I mean, I had been traveling some, and uh, for some reason I just felt that I, you know, I've been working a long time in IT, and I had a successful career, and I made a lot of money, but it was also sort of keeping me grounded all the time in Copenhagen, it was a lot of work. And after having done that for many years, I just figured, I always knew I never wanted to do that in my entire life. I don't want to look at an office for the rest of my life. So I'd been saving money for years. And then I just, uh, 
at some point it just felt right. It's like, you know, it's time to now uh, end my career in IT. I've done everything I wanted to. And I really want to get out and see the world and let the world affect me and, you know, get to every corner of the globe if possible and learn and experience. So I, yeah, I did that pretty drastically. I just made sure there was nothing to return to. I quit my job. I sold my flat. I sold everything I had. And uh, there was no going back. So I guess we can say that you thought like, uh, if not now, when? Right? Many people dream of uh, uh, living a nomadic life and always postponing because there is always some, some responsibility, something to do, something else to take care of. Yeah. That grounds them to where they live. They say one day I will, uh, I will do that, but they sometimes never do that because there is never a, a good moment. No, it's, it's just you just got to do it at some point if it feels right. And I just felt I knew that if I kept my flat and maybe rented it out, it was it would be too easy to just return because obviously it was going to get tough at times. Yeah. So not not having a home. It means you don't have a permanent base where you can return to. Yeah. Uh, th does that mean that you carry all of your belongings, belongings with you wherever you go? How yeah, does that work in practice? Pretty much. I have a little bit of stuff with family and friends in Copenhagen, but I basically sold 99% of all the things that I had and just compressed my life into the two bags pretty much that I uh, carry around now. There's one bag with all the photography gear computers and stuff and then there's one bag with the you know, clothes and the other stuff and that's that's pretty much all I own that's all I carry around and I'm, I'm continually trying to make it less and less yeah where, where do you stay at normally do you rent apartments uh, you stay at hotels friends houses it's a mix of everything sort of if we can we try and rent uh, our own place if we're there for a long time uh, maybe Airbnb and Sometimes we have friends we can stay with or family, and uh, it's a it's a mix of everything. I would like to talk a bit about photography since you, you mentioned that you have two bags and one is uh, is full of photography gear. Uh, what kind of equipment are you using nowadays? You mentioned you are a official Fuji X photographer, so I guess that means your gear bag is uh, full <laughs> of <laughs> Fuji equipment. But uh, what kind of what cameras in particular? What kind of lenses do you like to use when you're Yeah, like you said, I carry my entire life and I used to shoot Canon DSLRs and perfectly good cameras. It's just when you live as a nomad, that's a lot of heavy equipment to carry around. And back in 2011, I was really looking for something else. And then Fujifilm came out with their first camera, the X100 in the X-Series. And I immediately fell in love with that. That was like, that's it. That's my new camera. That's my new series. I completely switched dedicated myself to just using that and then the X-Pro1 came out the year after and in 2013 I was lucky enough to be contacted by Fuji Japan and become a, uh, a Fujifilm uh, ambassador so yeah that, that meant I used the X-Pro1 and the X-T1 came out I used that for a while and now I carry the uh, X-Pro2 that's, that's now my, my primary camera and then I got different kind of lenses for, for different purposes. Again, I, I try to travel with as little as possible. Are But you, when uh, I music gigs, I need to carry like more stuff. Are you into more into primes or zooms? Uh, it's all primes. I only use the primes. Okay, cool. You didn't start out as a travel photographer, and I would say that, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but you are 
not mainly a travel photographer professionally, you're still shooting music for for most of your work. Is that correct? Well, I, when I started out traveling, when I started as a nomad, my main interest was uh, big, grand landscapes. That's what I was shooting at the beginning. And then I gradually included more and more of, I guess, what you sort of call child photography, just people, culture, environment, history and stuff. And then sort of very briefly after swapping to the Fujis meant that I had small cameras, so I started bringing them everywhere. Uh, I've always absolutely loved music and I loved electronic music events, but suddenly I had these small cameras that I just brought along and that very quickly kick-started. I just like coincidentally found my real true love in photography and that is shooting music so that's that's what i try that's what i do professionally and then i have the freedom of all the travel photography is basically just for me it's just documenting my own life so do you travel following uh, the opportunity to to shoot gigs and bands and so on or uh, you decide okay today this this month I want to go to Germany, like where you are now, and I will go there and try to find some some bands, some concerts to shoot. How yeah. does it work? Almost all of the professional music jobs that I do are still based in uh, Denmark, in in Copenhagen, and that's that's why we usually are in Europe for the entire uh, northern summer, and then we have the rest of the year to kind of explore the world. Also, because you know, it's Europe, so it's pretty cold in winter, so not a lot of stuff happens. Everything happens in summer, so that's the big, the big season for all the music stuff. And then, like, yeah, we just came back from Mexico and stuff, and now we're just in Germany visiting some, some family. So that the summer, northern summer, is kind of dedicated to all the, a lot of music gigs and other gigs in, in Europe. And the rest of the year, we have a lot more freedom to, just roam everywhere. So many people I have interviewed in the in the past in my past episodes, uh, usually who the, the people who travel full time, many of them travel alone. You instead are traveling with your your partner, your girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, does that being into does it make it easier or harder to travel? How would you say? In our case, I want to say it makes it absolutely magic. It is uh, the best thing I could ever wish for. I, I had no idea how I could be so lucky that I have a girlfriend who's also my soulmate, who is also a photographer. So you know how it is if you're a photographer and your partner is not. It's kind of boring to hang out with the photographers. But in our case, we work together, we do everything together, we live together, and we travel together. So it's it's pretty magical in that way. We, we also run several companies and production and video and stuff. So it, it all kind of just, I mean, for me, it's, it's, it's just magic. It just, it's easier. It's easier in many ways, but it's also just that it like went from being a solo adventure to being a magical adventure. That's really what it did. I, I totally believe you, but I guess yes. I couldn't say otherwise. Probably your girlfriend will listen to this interview. <laughs> She <laughs> she wouldn't like to leave, to hear any different I, answer. I would say the same thing whether she was here or not. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I mean it's totally it's totally believable. <laughs> um, you mentioned that you have several companies and uh, and so on. Uh, it, it, how do you make a kind of uh, that kind of nomadic life sustainable? Uh, you you uh, is most of your income 
coming from um, selling photos, uh, producing videos? Uh, uh, how do you manage that in practice uh, while you're on the road? Most of the income, uh, we don't really sell photos as such. We uh, Most of the income comes from producing you know, like photography services, working gigs or producing videos or other stuff. And then on, uh, we do run a, another little company as well where we make websites, which we can also do on the road. So it's a different, um, well, it's like a, a different, uh, like a various stream of incomes. You have to sort of pool all kinds of stuff together to, uh, to make it, make it work. And yeah, we're, we're, we're always close to being broke, but, that's that's the uh, until we win the lotto it's not an easy way to make a a lot of money as an artist but at least we get to live the life we want to yeah. uh, how much of a role does uh, social media play in letting you live that kind of life is that an important part of your commercial marketing strategy or do you rely more on word of mouth uh, friends knowledge I mean, for for all the music gigs, the social media has some importance. Sometimes the uh, some of the pictures can can kind of go viral if the artist likes them and shares them, and that can bring that can bring in new gigs. Um, I'm not personally. I get really bored fast about social media, so it's it's a necessary thing, and and I do post stuff, but it's not a huge factor. Um, I, I I don't think that internet fame does not in any way relate to actual gigs or actual good photography work. It's two different things. And I'm sure a lot of people realize that they uh, got 50,000 likes on something, but that doesn't mean they make a dollar at all. So I'm, I'm, it's not the most important thing. The most important thing in all of this is the networking. It's the human to human contact. It's, it's definitely not social media. I think it takes a special kind of skill that not everybody possesses to leverage social media popularity into a real business and, and real income. So it's yeah. understandable that many people would rather rely on uh, on networking, on uh, word of mouth and so on. It's uh, that, that works. It's whatever works for you and whatever yeah. you like doing. I mean, if, if it works for your social media, that's awesome. Go ahead. But. Yeah, I like I like good old fashioned networking. <laughs> yeah, whatever works for you, I guess it's uh, it's yeah. okay. <clears throat> Do you have any tips to share for people who would like to take on a lifestyle as yours, uh, nomadic, and so on? Uh, buy some really good shoes and carry as little as possible. <laughs> 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 it's hard to say. This 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 nomadic lifestyle is going to be uh, it's going to be different for. Yeah, is there is there anything that you that you learned along the road that you you thought were different, your expectations were different, and then you realized that things were not as you had uh, thought them would be, and that surprised you either in a in a positive or a negative way? Uh, I think the main difference is the fact that, but well, I traveled a fair bit before I went sort of completely nomad. But the thing you realize when you do it is that traveling whether it's one month or one day or whatever, it's just still nothing like actually living on the road that is completely different. So if anyone wants to try it, I say, go right ahead. If you feel like it, jump into the adventure. Just be aware it's going to be bumpy and it's probably going to be nothing at all like you thought it was going to be. 
what's uh what's on your map next where where are you planning to go soon any specific locations or countries you have in mind you would like to visit uh the whole so the northern european summer here is going to be full of all kinds of jobs in and around uh europe so we're going to be mostly hopping around between yeah germany and denmark quite a lot and maybe the other Scandinavian countries and sort of see what comes up. And uh, when that whole season, so to speak, is uh, is over and fortunately we've made a gazillion amounts of money, you know, well, or at least a couple of dollars, enough to uh, then we might go somewhere for a little uh, little winter sort of uh, hibernation somewhere awesome, like like Mexico we just came from, which is pretty outstanding. Any any country you have not visited that you that is at the top of your bucket list, as they say? <laughs> There's a, I think the list just keeps getting longer. But I I I I do think that Japan would be uh, absolutely amazing to spend a couple of months in Japan, and that's the thing about how how we live is that I mean we actually live in places we we try. We may be like continually traveling, but we don't move every week. That that's the actual moving part can be a bit uh, sort of stressful. So, and it also we have the time, so we have the luxury of living in a place for months and really get to know it. So, I'd love to go to Japan and just you know stay there for a couple of months and really get to know this this from what I think anyway extremely exciting place. But yeah, we have to win the lottery first. It's a pretty expensive place. Yeah. You might be interested in uh, I mean, the next episode after yours will be with uh, Robert Van Kuzveld, who is an expert on all things Japan. Oh, that's so interesting. You would like to, if you'd like to, you should listen to that. I Probably think. give you some tips about how to travel to Japan. Totally tune in for that one. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, I meant to ask, what what kind of experiences are you looking for when you visit a new place? You you said before that you are initially into the large landscape, the, the vistas and so on, but you turn more into more of people, culture and so on. What's the What are you looking for in a place? Is it the people, the culture, the food, the scenery that drives you most to, to say, I want to go there? Yeah, one of the things that's actually a really big difference between when people who you know have a home have a job and stuff go on a uh, trip for a week or two or whatever the very big difference from that to what what we do is that we actually live on the road so and we run businesses all the time so it's a very different life if we touch down in say mexico or we also just spend a month in serbia our first days are kind of just filled with we have to establish our lives. We've probably moved into a flat and we'll figure out uh, where's the supermarket, uh, where's the uh, you know buses, how do we get around, transport and stuff. And the, uh, the sort of more travel or touristy thing of, hey, here's the 10 highlights you got to go see. Mm-hmm. Um, and first of all, I'm not particularly interested in that, but it's it's also like we have loads of work every day to do, so we can't just... You know, until we win the lotto, anyway, we can't just run around looking at every big hit thing everywhere. We still we have to establish our lives and make our everyday life work in the new place. And then the main thing is we just we walk a lot. I love walking. That is the best way to 
explore a new place. That's why I say bring good socks, bring good shoes, and just walk. And whatever, it's it's a mixture of everything. It's scenery, it's the people, the streets, and it's kind of, again, I don't have to sell any of my travel stuff. I, I don't even call it travel. I just call it, it's just documenting my life, which just happens to take place in a lot of different countries. So anything that I find completely on instinct, I just shoot in uh, exactly the way I, I, I want to shoot it. It never even enters my mind that they have to be a popular picture or a good picture or a or like an Instagram picture or anything. It's just, that's that's where I can really just let it go and then try and just be completely instinctive to what the hell I see that catches my mind. It can be the nice light in the uh, kitchen of our new flat. That can be really cool to shoot sometimes because you have this new interesting view from a flat in Belgrade. And that is sometimes just as cool as photographing Machu Picchu or something like super epic. How, how is Serbia? That was uh, absolutely fantastic. It was a really positive surprise that actually heard a lot of great things from a friend of a friend who's lived down there. But it was absolutely wonderful. It's a really fascinating mix of old East Bloc communist architecture and sort of crumbling, gritty city mixed with very modern cafe hipster style. And people are extremely friendly. Belgrade was super safe. You can walk around all night long and take pictures. And you, that was a, that was really a place that rocketed to the the top of my list, so to speak, mm -hmm. is a really fantastic place. And it's a, on top of that, it's a nice place to hang out as a nomad because it's a very reasonably priced. Yeah, yeah, sure. Are you more into big cities or the countryside villages or both? The, I mean, the, the big cities are uh, this is convenient in the lifestyle we have because we have to have somewhere where we have access to a flat, uh, food, uh, walk around, internet and stuff. I'm born in a country and I still love the big open landscape. I still love to uh, to be in the country and I do try and seek that out from time to time. It's not always the easiest way to do as a nomad because then you probably need a car if you're going to do that. And then again, we need to win the lotto. So that <laughs> that's a... Once you win the lotto, I'm guessing we can maybe put in a bit more country stuff, but the cities themselves are sort of the most convenient way. It doesn't mean it has to be a big city. It can be a wonderful sort of more town thing like Guanajuato in Mexico where we stayed. The most important thing about any place we go to is that it has to be walkable. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I don't want to live in LA or a place like that where you just you cannot walk a meter. It's that you have to drive everywhere. You, have to, you can experience, you can love the city. It's, once you can walk around safely, it's it's perfect. Yeah, I guess Europe in that respect has a, has a lot to offer in terms of public transportation. There are many places where you can just uh, get by without a car, not so much in uh, in America, probably. Places, places like Belgrade or you know uh, Singapore, where we spent some time too, in Copenhagen and here in Hanover and... All these cities that are on Hato in Mexico, they're all completely walkable. You never, ever need to do anything but walk. That is by far the best way to... And it's, and it's still it. possible to, to get to other cities using the public transportation, like tra trains and buses. They tend to be 
pretty convenient and, uh, and frequent and easy to, to use and so on. So, yeah, and living near a transport hub, even a minor one can in Europe can get you everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. That, that would be my main tip to anyone wanting to sort of do some kind of travel photography or just, you know, start traveling around a little bit and experience and documenting stuff is simply pick places where you're completely comfortable walking around. There's just nothing like experience the everyday life in the streets that you can when you're not stuck inside a car or something. You can just walk around and, and, and see everything that goes on and take sort of be part of it. So can you, before we, uh, we close this conversation, can you tell us where people can go and, and find about you online? And uh, also, I know you are uh, you have an ebook out about concert photography. If you want to to mention something about your ebook, where people can can go and find that and what's what's in the book. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, have a website, which is just my name, really, FlemingBoJensen.com. And you can also Google my name and probably find it. And you can find my my Facebook and my Instagram account. But my website is my main thing. And my website itself is kind of geared toward music photography. That's my professional site. But if you go nuts on my blog, there are actually entries in there from back to, I think, 2007. That's my entire nomadic life exists in that blog. So uh, happy reading. (laughs) If you're interested, you can can simply find there a blog post about every place I've been and uh, that's kind of like my diary that that's that's the blog there there's a lot of is it it important to have a blog nowadays I mean I I don't know I I guess kind of I think blogging died a little bit for a while because everyone was trying out all other kinds of media and I think personally I want a blog because I want you know my content on my own website and I, I don't want my blog post or articles that maybe at some point in 10 years I pick out all the best nomad stories and put them in a book or who knows but they're all mine and they're all on my site and they're a blog post is more like a properly article a Facebook news thing is like a fleeting thing that lasts like 10 minutes yeah I think it's uh, I would qualify it as something that you do for yourself yeah first I, and I, foremost if one if one in tends to sort of start on some big journey or something or nomadic or stuff, I would say write on paper or wherever, but uh, definitely keep some kind of diary and shoot and document, of course, what happens. But write as well. It's also really important. Shalene keeps telling me that pictures cannot stand alone, and I, I totally do agree that that that's why the ebook ended up being rather long. But yeah, I, I <laughs> text is, uh... is really important. This this same conversation with with some other guests about the, the importance of writing, about yeah. the importance of uh, joining together travel writing and travel photography it tends to be so much more interesting and so much more valuable. Yeah, yeah. So I have the. Um, I guess on my site now I have um, my ebook for sale, which is one that I wrote uh, last year, and. Uh, yeah, it's all about concert photography. That's the whole purpose about it, how to make great music images. It's all of my experiences. Sort of. So yeah, if anyone is into music photography at all, I, uh, yeah, I'm obviously a little biased, but I would, I would highly recommend it. I've gotten a lot of good feedback from it, and it really does take you from 
almost step zero to how do you get started in this whole thing? What do you look for? What do you shoot? How do you get gigs? And then it has, I think, 46 of my images uh, explained and analyzed and post-production and post-processing, like pretty much everything you would need to kind of kickstart your sort of interest, maybe even career in, in music music photography well we'll certainly put a link to it in the in the show notes for this episode uh, thank you and uh, i look forward to to see what you're up to next and do you plan to keep uh, this lifestyle on in, indefinitely for the next few years uh, that's a good question that's probably one of the questions we get the most and um, all i can say about this lifestyle it is completely impossible to predict so we have no plans to change it right now, and uh, we hope to keep going and keep making exciting trips all over the world. So, uh, but you know, we'll see what happens. You mm-hmm. kind of have to take okay. it a, you gotta take it a day at a time in this kind of life. So, I for one would uh, I will look, look forward to to read where you about your travel stories and maybe look forward to your next book about travel. (laughs) I'm not so much into concert photography, so I'm waiting for a book about travels. That would be more in my... Yeah, actually, I have a couple of books out already from years ago uh, that is purely travel photography-based. They're they're print books from Blurb, so I'll... uh, I'll send you a couple of links to them. I don't think they're actually on my website right oh, now. Yeah, that's, that's why I didn't know about them. So yeah, yeah, if, you, if you send me the links, we'll put that Absolutely. in the show notes. And, uh, I'll, look, I'll look into them, certainly. Absolutely. Fantastic. So, yeah, uh, I would just like to, to thank you for being uh, our guest today. I think it's an uh, uh, interesting and stimulating conversation and maybe we'll push more people to, to travel more. That's uh, That's one of my... My aims with this podcast is to let people explore the possibilities of traveling. It's not as uh, as hard sometimes as some people make it to be. Yeah, absolutely. Get out your, there. Uh, your uh, inspiration, your, your words will be of inspiration to them. Thank you okay. so much. So, yes, thanks again for, for being with us. And, uh, hey, welcome. Thank you for having me. And all the best for your next trips. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye.